the Next Level Leaders podcast with me, Dr. Joseph Walker. This podcast is designed to offer strategies in moving vision to reality. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, challenged to succeed at the next level. So prepare to be exposed, empowered, and equipped for excellence. Thank you for connecting and allowing this space to become an opportunity for growth and collaborative learning. Now, let's go on this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. To say stay safer at home is literally almost a privilege for some. For instance, in most of our communities, there is no such thing as safer at home because they're in situations where, you know, in housing, you may be five or six people in the same confined area or in a a housing project development and all these different things. And then when folks attempt to go and take walks and do things, they're always under suspicion or having to layer that on top of the fear of catching COVID. Now, I don't want to catch a bullet. I don't want to be arrested for wearing a mask or et cetera. And so, you know, Dr. Wesley, I want you to speak to that in terms of, you know, just how have you been processing that and helping folks walk through that? And then, of course, Dr. Phillips, I you know, want to hear from you in that regard. Yeah, you know what, Bishop, um, I was in working out with my son in the garage the other day, and my younger son came in and uh, got on his bike. And I was like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to take a ride. And I don't think white America understands the fear that went through my heart wow. about my 13-year-old just riding his bike in his neighborhood. He yes, sir. Boy. He ought to be able to ride his bike outside. And the only thing I worry about is he's going to be back before the the street light come on. But I was fearful for his life. And Dr. Nita, that's a trauma I never thought I experienced. To to be that afraid of freedom that ought to be his, it it kind of sunk in on me. And so one of the things I've preached last week, Bishop, was how this COVID has exposed the racial depravity of America. So even if you didn't think racism was dead, what you are experiencing are just the blatant acts of racism and injustice that our people deal with every day and being able to have a place in church where we can vent that. So there are members who get a little upset with me when I name the anger or share what I feel as a black father fearing for my son. You shouldn't be uh, pressing that anger button and make people angry. If you don't vent it, it will right. internally eat you right. up. Yeah. Right. And the black church is the safest space to be able to say, yo, this has to stop. This mm-hmm. is killing us. Mm-hmm. This is wearing us out. So one of the things I've tried to do in church, even in our virtual sermons, is to be able to name the pain and let's, let's sit in it for a moment to be able to identify it and then release it. Otherwise, it's going to eat us up. Let, let me just add a point. That, that is scary because my daughter delivers food up there in Nashville, Tennessee, and my son delivers food here in Birmingham, and it's, it's really scary. My son is 18, and uh, <laughs> they are law-abiding gun owners or whatever, you know, and it's like you got to protect them from, you know, somebody from your own community because I'm a gunshot victim. You know, I almost lost my life in 95 oh, you know, uh, I got shot and I almost killed. I was in ICU for two weeks. And then uh, what happens if, you know, if he get pulled over by the police? All of that along with COVID-19 COVID, uh, and the radio show and the drops and the pressure and, and everything and, and, and trying to keep people entertained while they go through this stuff. And then trying to put some of your feelings away because, you know, there are people that, that are worse off, that have worse problems. 
and, and trying not to be, you know, say, well, um, let me just think about somebody else and not be selfish. I can deal with this right here. Uh, let me just, you know, pray, you know, pray for the other people that's like uh, really, really suffering. And this has had a negative effect on it. Then uh, my blood pressure was up and I had to spend a night at the um, the urgent care. Yeah. And scared me to death when somebody three rooms down wouldn't stop coughing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to get on the radio. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know if I'm answering any questions. I'm just kind of venting right yeah. now because yeah. I don't say anything about it. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. Um, Right there with you, you know, both what both men said. I have a 22 year old son. My nerves are up about that. And even myself in these last couple of weeks going out for my own runs, when the pickup truck drives past me, it's just like you get a little bit of extra stress because you don't know what to expect. And so that mm -hmm. adds to the mental health risks that the black community is experiencing. We're still black and now COVID-19 is here. And all of this is so real, but what pastor said about sitting with emotion, that is key because we need to go into a prevention mindset on our mental health. These effects could last for a long time, but if we intervene now, we can minimize those effects. Um, what uh, Ricky just said about his blood pressure being up. When we are stressed, our sympathetic nervous system turns on. And when, that's our fight, flight, freeze system. And when it comes on, it, puts our, it makes our heart rate faster. It releases extra blood sugar into our veins. And so that hurts our diabetes, that hurts heart conditions. And also when our nervous system is on like that, we tend to kind of memorize trauma in our body mm. in a way that will come back later because mm. trauma is memorized by the body. It's the nervous system jamming up because it's overwhelmed. And instead of processing a negative event, the event kind of becomes stuck in our present. So that emotional space is there all the time. One of the best things we can do in addition to getting mental health care, please, I want people to, to pursue therapy, but is to sit with our bodies and rest our bodies. When that emotion comes, sit down. Don't try to outthink it. Just sit with it and find it. Is it in your neck being tight? Is it in your stomach kind of fluttering? Is it in your hands being clenched? Just go over your whole body and begin to release. Imagine those sensations just being released out of your body. It's a form of meditating, but the physical aspect is so important because that's where the trauma is being memorized. So I want people to do everything they can to relax their bodies. I want you to sleep. I want you to eat well. I want you to exercise. I want you to dance. I want you to sing. I want you to watch mm -hmm. comedies and laugh. Anything that will release stress out of your body, the more that we do that, the better we will be able to rebound from this because so much of it happens in the body. So may I add, yeah. being careful of what we digest on social mm -hmm. media, the news, Facebook, mm -hmm. um, some of those social media platforms, one in particular, I don't know if I should share which one, but one of them people share some of the most false news mm. on um, platforms, even some satire type stuff. And, and I read comments and people actually think a lot is a lot of stuff is actually true. Mm -hmm. And some of it is not. I definitely think, you know, we should be paying attention to what our, our, our city officials are saying and what our governor and what our um, governors and all of our states are saying. Let's pay attention to what those health professionals on the front lines are saying. Take what you need and then turn the news off. 
mm-hmm. you know, to add to what Dr. Phillips was saying, you, we, we already know we're, we're kind of stuck right now. We can't go anywhere. We already know that the virus is steadily growing. The numbers are steadily growing. You don't need to hear it every day, you know? And so, um, and also to add to some of the other trauma, um, we are talking about safer at home. Well, there are a lot of people that aren't safe at home. Numbers have increased of domestic violence in homes right now during this pandemic. So a lot of people are not even safe at home. That's That's a very good point, uh, Michelle. Thank you for that. And I think, you know, I think one of the things that we're really having to reconcile here is being home, right? Um, Because now you're having, you don't have the privilege of escapism. There, there are issues that were underlying issues in marriages and families, et cetera, that now mm-hmm. families are going to have to figure out how to work through those issues. You know, you have to work through these various, I call them pre-existing emotional conflicts and things that have not been reconciled. You know, you, you, you can run, mm-hmm. only so many rooms you're going to run to in the house before mm-hmm. you have to actually say, okay, we got to deal with this, which perhaps is giving rise to what we're seeing in domestic violence and divorce, mm-hmm. a variety of other things that are happening. This disruption is something that I'm, I'm really interested in talking about because you know, I'm thinking about, and we could, I'll just throw this out for the entire panel. Tonight, um, I'm having a conversation with all of my high school seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm doing it on a, a Zoom, looking them in the face, a proud mm-hmm. of them, laugh with them, tell them how proud I am of them. But, you know, I know that they've worked so hard to get to this place, graduation, and this is not happening. Right. And we can say, oh, it's a virtual graduation. I think it's amazing what President Barack Obama is doing with LeBron. I think that's awesome. That's 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 just so mm-hmm. awesome. But we all know you want to walk across that stage. Absolutely. You want to get that diploma in your hand. You want to look over the years of work you've done and say, I did it, mom. I did it, dad. And now to not be able to have that is, is a disruption and a level of grief that I as a pastor mm-hmm struggling with on how to even help these young people through that. And I just want to throw that out because, you know, I know that all of us, you know, children or nieces or nephews or family members and friends who are dealing with this and helping folks through this. And I know, uh, Dr. Phillips, you have a, a high school senior and a college senior. I do. <laughs> Two graduates. A, a double, you know, so mm. maybe you should start, give us some help on that. I think when we're supporting our young people, we do really need to focus in on how they are feeling. So parents need to work through their own grief because we're grieving about it too and make sure that we're kind of in a healthy space as possible and then allow our children to talk. Make sure that we're asking them, how are you feeling? Affirming that it's okay for them to feel the way that they're feeling. Affirming that it's okay to grieve. Sometimes we rush things past with kids. Oh, well, look, we'll do this instead and try and make them feel better right away. But we have to allow them to have their emotions and process them. It's also important to celebrate hard. I mean, seriously celebrate hard. Give them every opportunity to be celebrated by you. You could have a week of celebration for graduation, um, any special activity that you can bring to them. And also, like I said earlier, have now and later. I encourage parents to connect with their children's peers' parents to, pr- to plan group events so they can come together later as well. Um, but the most important thing is supporting them emotionally, allowing them to say how they're feeling and not rushing them to feel better. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that 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 is sad. Um, you know, like uh Bishop, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot. 
uh, you know, Shell, Dr. Phillips, that, you know, people walking across stage and uh, walking across the stage and work really, really hard to graduate high school and college and don't get an opportunity to walk across the stage. You know, my mom, my parents come over. I go to my parents' house. I'm blessed to have them. I have a wonderful stepdad and my mom. But we have to meet in the backyard. And, uh, you know, we have to meet in the backyard for like a month and a half because I don't want to, you know, anything to happen to her to try to keep her safe and, um, you know, go over to, you know, to my sister's house. It's just a different life. And yesterday I saw <laughs> two restaurants open and I came back home and I was just almost in shock because, I couldn't believe that the restaurants were open and people were in there. You know, uh, people are trying to get back to normal, but uh, I had gotten used to the uh, pulling up to the restaurant, calling your order, they bring the, the food out to the car, whatever. And it's just a strange, strange world. It's absolutely nothing you can do, but just, just try to make an adjustment to the new normal. And it's, it's sad, it's, um, it, it's, it's depressing, and I just really, really feel bad. You know, I have my feelings, but Sometimes God puts some of us in position and have built us up strong enough so that we could try to be some kind of inspiration and protection and, uh, you know, to other people that have to sit down a two-bedroom uh, uh, apartment. And, you know, um, I, I just I just can't imagine. And um, it's, it's uh, with everything that's going on, it's, it's just it's scary. So what I just try to do on my show is just try to be informative, and I try to be really, really, really extra funny on the radio to try to give people something to, you know, to turn to um, every day and, uh, you know, and give us something to look forward to. So we have a good time doing the show. And but we slide that COVID information in there. We have Dr. MJ Collier to come on, uh, giving us updates and uh, letting people know to cover their eyes. We've been on that for two months. It just now came out on the news saying that you need to cover your eyes because it does no good to wear a mask when your eyes are exposed, when you go in different departments, so you got to get some garbage and cover your eyes as well. So just getting that information out to people and to see that we're ahead of everything and uh, just trying to just, just make people laugh, even if you could just escape it for an hour and all yep. that transportation and yeah. essential workers and people that listen to the radio, too bad we're not on in Nashville, but, um, you know, just, just trying to do a good job and, and, and just take advantage of that and see if we could bless and just give somebody some uplift. So I'm just grateful for the platform and the opportunity, and I thank God for it. Yeah. So we're going to uh, actually do a graduation ceremony. Now that they've lifted some, um, the restrictions of 10 um, as a maximum, as long as we practice social distancing, which doesn't really make sense for our worship service, but it does make sense for the graduates to be able to come with a family of four that we will sit you know, six feet apart, um, graduates in cap and gown, spaced out, walk up, picture up where they graduated from, where they're off to, and hand them our own version of a diploma from Alpha Tree. <laughs> awesome. their, their degree out and just say, Alpha Tree recognizes that you earned your Bachelor of Science in engineering, whatever have you, and hand it off. I know it doesn't, you know, take a, it doesn't replace, but it kind of adds to and gives that moment. And I think that's what the black church has always done. We have found a way to supplement and complement what our children or our families were not afforded to have in the real world. We created it in church and made it even better. That's why all your HBCUs started in churches. We realized that we have a responsibility to create that community for these young people and acknowledge them. If the world 
didn't acknowledge you, your church will, your church family will, you will know mm-hmm. that you matter to us. And, you know, to be able to air that so grandmama down in Birmingham can yeah. watch her <laughs> grandbaby walk across the stage up here in Alexandria and, um, and, and applaud. So we're trying to do yeah. it that way. We get that sit from the end of June. That's, really That's awesome. awesome. I love that. You know, I believe that, uh, I, and Michelle, I, I believe that in crisis, and I, I just continuously say this, that creativity is birth. Yeah. And we don't realize the depth of our creativity. You as an artist, you know, I'm sure you could speak to that. What God may be giving you in this season, creatively, you know, in this crisis, I think those of us who have platforms, those of us who are in these spaces, I know personally in terms of just vision and revelation and all the things about Mount Zion and for gospel and all these, it's just coming like crazy. It's like this, this you know, and it's like, okay, okay, God, okay. I'm sure Rick is the same thing. Like you, all the, we talk all the time, all the ideas and things you, you know, you're planning and, and, and Dr. Phillips, I'm sure you love fellowship there in your church, your husband, and it just, and in, in, in your own career and how you look at doing this and what you said, Dr. Wesley, is just profound. I mean, it's, it is the essence of what the black church has been, a creative We've always been in crisis in some extent, but we've always been able to create and adapt. Yeah, and yeah, uh, Michelle, yeah. you, you speak to that. This idea of, you know, you getting some creative stuff coming out of this crisis for you? <laughs> um, I have to be honest and say, oh, I'm saying no, only because for me, my home life, nothing has really changed because oh, yes, I, I like, I, this is, is home. I'm kind of introvert. So, um, but I will have to give a shout out to a lot of the ministries, how you guys have stepped up doing all of the virtual worship services, praise and worship, the sermons, and even um, even if churches, if they don't have all of the production. And But I am applauding how everybody has been able to step up and do what it is that they can to keep their congregations engaged. Even some of the pastors that keep the phone a little too close to them. Um, <laughs> I'm like, bro, back, back, about five feet. Social distance right. with your phone <laughs> while you're teaching, doctor. Amen. So it's, that's other than that, um, I have been seeing amazing creativity within the ministries. Um, and like someone said, I can church hop. 50 churches in one Sunday. Now, I know some of you pastors, you won't like that. Um, You want your members to tune in to your service. Amen. But the creativity and the variety that we have no excuse. We should be coming out spiritually obese with all the opportunities and options that we have with everybody doing things virtually right now. Now, be careful what you eat, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's Michelle around here uh, cooking all of this food or whatever. My little cooking show, I cooked so much, I ended up with a little cooking show on Wednesdays. But uh, yeah, you are absolutely right. I'm down, uh, uh, I'm, this week I'm trying to do uh, fish and chicken and salads this week because I'm, I'm kind of tired of everything else. It's like you want to eat, but uh, you just kind of over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But we're just learning so much. I mean, just how to how to live and things, you know, to be healthier, things that I'm um, interested in now. You know, who would have thought I'd be going to Home Depot in the now I stay outside. Hold up. Now, listen, I stay outside in the plant section, though, and I get my little plants and I go back 
Oh, you no. know, I go back home. Oh, but no. I'm just just finding various things to get into mm-hmm. to keep my mind just mm-hmm. at peace and calm and knowing that we are going to get through this. Yeah. We will. I have a big, crazy faith there it is, that yeah. we are going to come on on the other side. I don't know if we'll high five again, but I'm going to high five you and be like, <laughs> hey, girl, I see you. We made it. That's going to be yeah. amazing. We made it. We made it. Yeah. You know, and let me just say this since we get ready to wrap up here. And I really appreciate all of you so, so, so much. You know, the proverbial tunnel always has a, yeah. a light at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing about this season is that we don't really know how long the tunnel is. <laughs> you know, when you balance the science over against our hope and our faith, often, you know, you get hopeful, you get excited, and then you get information from, you really can't trust the information you're getting from, from D.C. all the time, unless it's from the CDC, mm-hmm. you know, because the, 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 the political uh, perspective is skewed, mm-hmm. obviously, this is election season, a variety of things are causing us, so we're not injecting Lysol, we're not doing that, you know, and we also understand that the science of this, you know, simply says that we, this, we could be in this for another, you know, you know, eight, 12 months, who knows, before vaccination. So we're having to make some adjustments and adapt. This light at the end of the tunnel, that's what I'm getting at. And, and this hope, how do we balance our hope over against the reality that we don't really know <laughs> How long, <laughs> you know, how long, not long. I hear that in my head, you know, but every single day we're, we're realizing is more states open up, you know, we get set back more. We could end up with another thing in the fall, telling mm-hmm. students, you know, now you won't come back, go online. We'll come back in the fall, in January. It's all, so how do we balance that? What's, how do we work through that mentally? I'm, I'm just curious. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I look forward to connecting with you.